This is not another one of those cast pod thingies, <laughs> is it? Tajian's man, I yeah, know it. Yeah, too, I know it too. I really do. Oi, cheers. Cheers, mate. Beer sounds good. Insert chosen beer. Is that sponsor? Today they are. <laughs> they sponsor me. Cool. Take it away. The better half of Billy Slater. Practically known, would say that. <laughs> oh, Billy's your husband. I can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'd like to welcome everyone that's just come on board, Tazjans, and also I'd like to welcome everyone that's been listening in the past couple of years. This stuff has gone strength to strength, as Shrek from Noob Spiro would say. But today I've got Will Darvo and I've got Ned Jackson. Will Darvo was talking about the Innisfail history. We're going to go a little bit in the mythy history stuff today. But also, Ned Jackson, that's his cousin, actually, and he is a... Uh, cool rock climber and does all crazy shit he's a real outdoorsman so let's take it away boys take it away right <laughs> jump jump into some history i reckon hit, hit that up history see X. how much you can get out of willow <laughs> be here all day yeah fuck i might be a <laughs> all right welcome to bloody i can't even i was gonna say dead set 4868 <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking long time ago everybody that was like three years ago Look it up on SoundCloud. <laughs> Taz Jans. <laughs> no. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we've got Ned Jacko. Yo, what's up, Taz? We've got Will Darvo in the house. And then <laughs> we've got Taz. And if uh, well, I'd like to welcome all my new listeners because Ned's just going to bring so many people in. It's his good looks. It's his good looks. He's a spunky man. And his sultry tones. I think he's, he's a free solo. <laughs> <laughs> Talk real smooth. Oh, I say. Um, all right, well, last time we had uh, Will on, he was just like the king of fucking Innisfail History X, so <laughs> we might fucking bang on a bit more of that. It blew me away, like, the response we had to that episode, <laughs> eh? I can't believe that many people were fucking so stoked about listening to two farmers talk about history. <laughs> no, one farmer <laughs> was talking about history and the other one's gone, true. <laughs> 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 oh, but today we might bring up some, uh, what do we call it? Local urban myths. Yeah. And how good. We actually, you had a different one to me and it was, it was, a, it was a joined together version of mine. <laughs> the same myth, generations apart. It's like Chinese whispers, eh? <laughs> it, was a, it was headless Chinaman. The headless, yeah, but you reckon it's the <laughs> blue Chinaman. It's the blue Chinaman and the headless nun. And what did you say it was? No, the headless Chinaman. Ah! <laughs> but the headless Chinaman is so much better because he's headless yet he's distinctly Chinese. <laughs> She's like, hello, have you seen my head? <laughs> but yeah, there is so many variations of the nun in the Eddie Bay uh, like bottom toilet block that I've heard as well too. Like Everyone's got a different story about yeah. what happened there. Eh? So what's yours? What's your version of it? Well, the story that I always like grew up with, and obviously I grew up at Eddie oh, Bay. Like, so yeah, we'll, we'll say what these toilets look like. They're, oh, okay. they're very dingy, <laughs> scary. It's a scary looking toilet. Block. So when I was a kid, did surf life saving at the Eddie Bay Surf Life Saving Club. So from a young age, when you're a nipper, you're always mucking around at the beach every weekend, just about. If there's a carnival there or you're training, you're always at the beach. And so we always used to run down to the bottom end of the beach 
And if you go up into that little like gravel road that goes to the southern end of Eddie Bay, there's an old brick toilet block that's got like a metal gate door so you can't actually get in and it's tiny like it's probably only got two or four toilets in it or something how many, how many do you reckon oh was there last week there were a couple of blokes <laughs> <laughs> what counting toilets, <laughs> counting toilets. <laughs> no, no, i think it would only be a two bay toilet or one yeah, <laughs> yeah it's tiny <laughs> and um but it's i've never seen it used like i've never i've only ever seen it unlocked once actually yeah. And it was during the daytime, so it wasn't as scary. I've actually got, I got a um, film clip for one of my songs, and we actually got us walking into that toilet in the chill and relaxing video. <laughs> That's not very chill or relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Walking into a haunted toilet block. <laughs> we walk in there, but then we end up. When we walked in there, and we tried to make it look like we're. Then we end up on stage with regurgitator. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know if it, we got that effect, but that's what we was trying to get. So the story I always heard that was happened that. for you, Willow. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got regurgitated from the headless nuns. <laughs> Never went in there, bro. I didn't think there was a regurgitator in there, though. That's for sure. <laughs> it's like Narnia. But, but the that's story... why they closed it. Actually, it's actually he renamed portal. it to Banania. Banania. <laughs> but the story that we always grew up with was that the nun had hung herself in the toilet. And that's why like people didn't go in. But then you mentioned another story, and yeah. I actually heard this one as well about the skylight. Yeah, so this one was a little kid kicked a ball up on the roof. Which, uh, the nun, which I've never seen a nun in Innisfail ever before, she climbed up on the roof and fell through the skylight and cut her head off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the headless what, nun. trying to get the ball? Yeah, trying to get the ball off the roof for the kid. Far What's a out. nun doing climbing on a roof? Uh, well, she she's not having sex up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to do, she's not having sex. <laughs> Just counting toilets. <laughs> anyway, lots of holes in that myth. Yeah. So today's version of Mythbusters. <laughs> Who are you, Jamie? Or <laughs> I'm the cool weirdo. one. I'm like the cool young Asian guy. <laughs> Ned's a hot chick. Yeah. yeah. Was it Carrie? Yeah, Carrie, yeah. the the ranger chick. The ranger chick, yeah. Hell yeah. With all the tats. <laughs> And um, the other one was, what was the headless Chinaman? But you say the blue Chinaman. <laughs> See, this is where fucking lots of mushrooms will get your stories wrong. <laughs> the blue Chinaman was at Alibay. That's what I, we grew up with. And mm. um, every now and then he might go visit the headless nun and that's what happened. They evolved. <laughs> so what's the story of the blue Chinaman? So I think the blue Chinaman was people used to camp down there and then he just it was just a blue all orby Chinaman would just come out and say, Hello. <laughs> Have you seen my head? <laughs> See, the one I know is a headless Chinaman and he comes up and he asks you for help because he can't find his head. <laughs> and apparently it's scary as fuck. And people just don't camp at Ella Bay. Yeah, it, it's actually got a feeling about it, that place. It's it's not an inviting place, the old Ella Bay. No. But do you reckon these are just like wives' tales to keep... People away from certain areas. Yeah, probably for kids, especially like kids living down at Flying Fish Point or whatever. Mm. Like I know in my family, my great great grandfather used to go camping down at Ella Bay all the time, and they'd flip the tinny upside down and sleep underneath it because of the crocodiles and stuff that were there. Yeah. Uh. So I suppose they'd be trying to like deter the kids from like going there and camping. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It's what about the toilets? <laughs> What's so wrong about doing shit? <laughs> they probably don't work. And council was like, we can't be using them. <laughs> council couldn't be bothered demolishing them, so they just <laughs> made up some horror story. <laughs> Chop some old lady's head off and Johnson Shire on a budget. <laughs> Bit of Johnson Shire propaganda. <laughs> so what's the other one? The, the hairy man? Oh, hairy man. Yeah. Besides us looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> the melon man or the hairy melon, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because melon is like that little area just outside of Miller Miller. Yeah. Like on the old Palmerston Highway. Yeah, on the highway there, yeah. So that's, and there's Melon Road, which goes into the like Wirunurin National Park there. And so the melon men or hairy men as they're known are like Aboriginal people, I believe, that still live in the rainforest and they're like a lot hairier than normal and they just watch you. They're just super, they're like the Amazonians. But like when you go on a bushwalk and stuff, sometimes you get the feeling that <laughs> something is looking at you and you turn around and there's nothing there. Yeah. It's the scariest feeling and then you think, oh, fuck, the melon men. Yeah. Could be so, a cassowary. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Almost That's a myth in a itself, cassowaries. Where do they come from? What the hell? What what is on <laughs> They don't head? make sense. <laughs> they're just yeah. They they don't taste too bad. They're like cross between koala and platypus <laughs> the flavour. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of blokes from P and G working on the farm at the moment. And I asked them, hey, I said, Oh, you boys ever tried cassowary? And they said, Oh yeah. Everyone <laughs> eats cassowary up there. It's like there's so many. People are like they'll have a little Proper. fenced area in their village. And they'll like raise cassowaries in there, like chickens. Yeah, like yeah. chickens, like a tropical. But he chicken. reckons like one one cassowary will feed a family for three days. Hey. I would have thought there wouldn't be much meat on them. Hey, they're pretty. Like they got pretty big feathers. Yeah, well, that's what they're they say like about one of those emus. little rat dogs. You know, when they get wet and they're just real skinny, <laughs> they go to nothing. <laughs> I feel like that's what a cassowary would look I've like. I've seen a, 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 um, a documentary on it where they ate them and the those big drumsticks. Yeah, true. Yeah. Proper. Yeah, well, that's what big he was saying. Meat, like, the, like brownie red meat. He said gamey. the legs are just huge. Like mm. you get so much meat off the upper legs, like their thighs. True. Yeah, the there drumsticks are massive. He was saying. Have to be a bloody good drummer to use those drumsticks. <laughs> well, they got the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Big birds, but yeah, I've almost like walked over a cassowary before, eh? In the rainforest, just sitting down. It was like what? a not a not like a baby one, but not like an adult either. Yeah. It had like the full colours, and but it wasn't that big. Yeah, and it just took off from under me so fast. I was <laughs> like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, they um, reckon the the on their head that hard bit. They reckon they. When they're really worried, they'll just put their head down and just gun it. And then if they hit a tree, they hit a tree. That's what the hard bit on the head's for. You reckon? Yeah, that's what it Yeah, well, told. I believe it because that's what this cassowary did, eh? It just took off like lightning from underneath me and just poof through the trees yeah. and just disappeared. And I was like, holy fuck. Like a it, stone axe. Yeah, it didn't really <laughs> care where it was going, that's for sure. Yeah, I wonder if the indigenous made any tools and stuff out of their, you know, it'd be a good axe. I don't know. My brother, because he used to work um, like looking for invasive plant species in the rainforest and that, and they go in some pretty challenging country, like big cliffs and just like the worst parts of the rainforest you can imagine. And um, he found a dead cassowary once at the bottom of a cliff, like it True. had been chased by just something running. and fell down. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's, but he like collected the, the, the claws off it. 
I thought you were going to say the little... The, <laughs> the waddle. The waddles, yeah. Little <laughs> neck balls. <laughs> you see them people drive around with them hanging off the back of their utes, them blue balls? <laughs> you put those ones Get up. some cassowary ones. We should trademark that right now. <laughs> trademark cassowary balls. But the, the melon men exist, for sure, definitely, because yeah. people have seen them around. We and need to like, get one on. Get one on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I won't believe it until I see it below. I won't <laughs> believe it. Until I actually have a conversation with them. <laughs> but you ask anyone around like Coranda and they'll tell you there's still Aboriginals like living in the rainforest that haven't come like into town or anything. Like they just know people who know people that know there's Aboriginals still out there. Yeah. Living the traditional way. And you believe it, like Yeah. The sure. the Innisfail district or like our whole um, like Cassowary Coast Regional Council area is like 70% national park. Mm. So you think about like how much agriculture there is, and that only makes up like a third, just yeah. over a third of it. See, that he's coming with the numbers. What do you got, <laughs> Ned? Where's your fucking numbers? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. True. <laughs> I just sit here with the trues. <laughs> Another um, like rainforest myth that I've seen as well is the marsupial lion. Yep, and it's like a well, I, I googled it because I saw it and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And it was like a knee-high dog, brown, dark brown. This was in the rainforest, and it had like a cat's face, <laughs> like a real cat face, like obvious, mm. and a cat tail, like not a dog tail, but it just had like a, the body of it. Just was like a dog size, like a big dog size. Yep, and I thought, "What the fuck?" So I googled it. And it came up with marsupial lion. And there was like artists' impressions of like what it might have looked like. And it didn't really look like it. And then I saw a picture that someone had like come up with and it looked like exactly like what I'd seen. Yeah. So I clicked on it and it said marsupial lion, um, range unknown, extinction date unknown. It's just like an ancient, um, like a megafauna sort of thing. Like the thylacine, the Tasmanian, (laughs) Tasmanian tiger. I heard they're trying to bring it back. They're trying to find it because people keep reporting, like, sighting it. Yeah. So JCU were trying to set up, like, um, trail Trail cams cams. to try and spot it. Um, But they, I don't know if they ever did it or if they ever found it. Yeah, I think someone said the other day there's uh, some sort of marsupial that they can get the genes out of it to actually make the Tasmanian tiger again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they've actually got, like... They've still got DNA samples from the thylacines. Mm. I forget which museum it's in. Jurassic Park. Have you ever heard (laughs) the myth about the uh, puma that escaped circus in North Queensland into the rainforest? Every town has this. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm back at A. Pumas look pretty um, pretty cool animals. The Penrith Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Same myth. It's named after one of those myths, I'm pretty sure. That team. Oh, true. Yeah, the team took its name from like a similar myth. From mythology. Same as, same as North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen any Cowboys <laughs> up here. Cowboys, that's a myth. Mythological Cowboy. <laughs> you ever been to Mariba? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's West Queensland, North West Queensland. <laughs> Nice. So what else, what, what other myths do we have? Well, there's the, like, Babinda boulders oh, that spirit. One. Yeah, so mm. a lot of people who aren't around this area, that's probably the most well-known one is the 
Aboriginal lady that lives in the Devil's Pool and she only takes single men. Mm. And uh, only single men. But then, I like last, last the last one death was a female. <laughs> so, but but mm. she was lesbian. No, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> you might have to edit that out. <laughs> no, fuck it. <laughs> It's a joke. Come on, everyone. So, <laughs> our um, our mutual friend Webby, who's been on the podcast before. <laughs> yes, we all know Webby. He's <laughs> he told me that he had an encounter with the Babinda Boulders spirit lady. Yep. He was sleeping at the boulders. You couldn't actually be any closer to the boulders. He was in the boulders. You know how there's like that little sort of ledge. In the boulders that you can jump out into Devil's Pool. Yeah. He was sleeping on that little ledge. And he reckons... Of course, where we sleep. Oh, of ledge. course. In his speedos. Okay, we'll listen. So that was on... That was Yarns with Daz and Taz. So if you want to go back, listen to Jack Webb. Um, go back to that probably, yeah. And we'll, then you can get the feel of what this human being is like. Oh, me and Ned both. Absolute legend. Yeah, absolute <laughs> legend. And um, Ned actually did a lot of traveling with him in, in Europe. <laughs> we might have to come back to that. Yeah. But anyway, Webby told me that he was sleeping there and he could feel like in the middle of his sleep, someone pulling on his, tugging on his leg. And he sort of woke up and realized that half of his body was hanging up over the ledge and he was about to go into the, the pool. Hey. And he just woke up in time and like pulled himself back onto the ledge. <laughs> so I don't know. That's Webby. Oh, well, that's Webby. <laughs> he, he, I don't reckon he seems like a liar. He's just got some out there stories. Yeah. That's... If anyone's going to meet her, it's Webby. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were doing the, um, the free diving up in the up in the Lake Eachum and, oh, you've done his course? No, I, I, we, I did it with Az. Oh, yep, yep. And so he was there with us. Yeah. And he went down and he... The only person, like, I come back up, my ass is hanging out, I don't even want to talk, you're out of breath. And he comes up and he goes, man, that was amazing, I was just like, I was floating and it was just like, I was just out of my body experience. I'm like, fuck, mate, I was just worried about not dying. <laughs> Ned's done the course, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's unreal. Can we, we plug the course would, on it? would recommend yeah. it to anyone. No, yeah, because... Look, was it Jungle Freediver? Yeah. Or Freedive yeah. FNQ, FNQ Freedive. Yeah, check him out because yeah. he's, he knows what he's doing. He can, he can do 50 or 60 metres now, can't he? Yeah, I lost sight. He just kept <laughs> on going. <laughs> yeah, he's unreal. Great teacher. Knows the content, you know, knows knows what he's doing, obviously. He's super passionate about it. Mm. Uh, and he's he's... He's a good teacher as well. Yeah. You know, he's very um, supportive and, you know, helps you understand what you're doing. He's not there just to show off and show yeah. you how good he is and sign you off. He's actually pretty interested in your journey through the free diving. And, he, and he, I think he found a lot of peace through it. So I think he loves to share that with yeah. people who takes free diving. So, yeah, free dive, FNQ, FNQ, free dive, jungle free diver. Just look for the orange <laughs> speedos. You'll find him. <laughs> No, I honestly believe anyone who's going to go out the reef spearing or swimming even just has to do that course. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I did a bit of spear fishing for a, a decent amount of time before I did any any training at all. And yeah, it was pretty silly really in hindsight. So yeah. <laughs> I've done it, like I've done that course two years ago or something, but I've been diving for 30. Mm. <laughs> so I've been dangerous for 28 years. <laughs> Like really dangerous. It's very um yeah. 
you don't understand shallow water blackouts and how they work and the and just how to actually wake someone up yeah after mm. it blowing on their eyes and talking to them and the mammalian reflex and all that sort of stuff it's we're not going to go any further you're going to have to go and learn this yourself <laughs> <laughs> but it's true lot- though like i think um there's not that much emphasis on like the safety of free diving and spear fishing no. like for for people that live in our town and go out to the reef it's all about catching fish and, yeah and if you don't spear anything then you know what i mean no one's going out there to actually enjoy snorkeling no <laughs> or free diving <laughs> or whatever you're doing like and i think safety is probably one of like the overarching things that everyone should know whether you're going out there spear fishing or or free diving yeah, yeah it's very like i went out on friday and i sort of i was the only person in the water so i did break some law rules <laughs> that i usually don't do but we only had one fish in the boat i'm like fuck it i need more than one fish <laughs> <laughs> it's something ingrained eh? yeah <laughs> it is yeah because I, I think that's people how like locally that's how people judge your your day trip yeah. you could have went out and see 50 whales doing triple backflips in the air whatever <laughs> but how many fish did you fucking get <laughs> yeah it's true, isn't it? Where but you see these whales? <laughs> those those miglurians having a crack. <laughs> the white whale. <laughs> as know as far as flips. like adventure sports go, though, like that's as big as it gets around this area. Eh? It's yeah. like free diving and and um, spear fishing and things like that. Mm. They used to have the rage, rage and thunder. It's not going anymore, is it? Or? I think it's still kicking. I think it's kicking out of cans. I actually met a bloke, my a mate I met at work. He just moved to Cairns and he's living in this kind of random share house where just like you know anyone can be living there mm. and I, I went and had a beer with him and one of his roommates was working for rage and thunder and they uh yeah they're still operating they operate out of cans and they just do day trips down there down at the tally river because they do barren once or twice a week as well like the barren river yeah they do well. the barren river and the tully river yeah yeah so they're still kicking yeah but like you think about how much opportunity there there is for young people in this town to do like kayaking and canoeing in the white water around like the North Johnston and mm. and like obviously people have done it in the past, yeah, quite intensively, but it's just not that big of a thing. I think the bodies are, are moving further up the rivers as well. That's the other thing. <laughs> the bodies, the bull sharks and the crocodiles. Bull sharks and the crocs. I reckon the crocs are up as far as Crawford Lookout now. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm. That's a long way I used way to up. go up there water sampling for like the reef water quality project I was working on. Yeah. And um, yeah, they were like, oh, make sure you don't fall in. There's crocodiles in there everywhere. <laughs> I was like, what? Up here? <laughs> Crawford's. And, you, and, and you, at the bottom of Crawford's, it's like a very wild lava flow and it's just jagged and it's not a comfy place to be down there anyway. Nah. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, yeah, what would they want to do here? They'll hurt their bellies. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone would be down the bottom of there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the most pointless walk in North Queensland, probably. <laughs> but uh, for the, I, I didn't mind it just to see what was there. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, I'm not going back there. Well, you can't swim. Like maybe back yeah. in the day when you could swim there would have been really nice. Oh, well, we, we went down just because it's got a little all them little chutes yeah. that run through. You can sit in those and mm. get wet, but I wouldn't go down in the hole below it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ned's into all his adventure sports. How's North, how's North Queensland rate compared to the rest of Australia? Uh, it's kind of like every area has its own kind of niche of what it offers. 
I came up here hoping to do more rock climbing than I've done. But it's just so wet up here, you know. Any any exposed surface of rock here has got a small, like small um, <laughs> bloody biome in it. It just shit just grows everywhere here. It's so wet. Like I was explaining to a friend the other day of like how vibrant the life is up here, and I was like, you get trees growing out of other trees, <laughs> growing out of other trees, like. Yeah, it's just crazy up here. So all the rock is just pretty wet. There is a little bit of climbing, but um, it's kind of like the less the less popular a climbing area is, the more sketchy it is, really. Yeah. Like you know, you you're climbing on looser rock. You know, less people have pulled on it. If there is any bolts in the rock, less people have tested them, and you don't actually know who put them in. Mm. Whereas you know, in the more popular areas for climbing. You'll you'll be testing bolts or using bolts that you know, you know someone used them yesterday and someone used them the day before that. You can be pretty certain they're good. Uh, but yeah, in North Queensland, there's there's not much climbing and the stuff that is here, it'd be an adventure for sure. So places like Castle Hill and that in Townsville, like there's a bit of climbing there. Yeah, the, the scene around there is actually pretty decent. I guess when I said North Queensland, I probably meant kind of far north Queensland. Far north Queensland. Yeah. But who maintains those those climbs? Uh, so it's there's not necessarily like one person who goes around and does it. Um, there's there is a governing body. It's called ACAQ, Australian Climbing Association of Queensland, I believe it's called. Um, and they're pretty much like a donation kind of uh, run business. And they, yeah, they, they endeavor to kind of manage and track the quality of the rock climbs around, mm. around Australia or around Queensland. And then each state has its own representative body. But essentially, like, there's, there's multiple categories of climbing. So sport climbing is probably the most popular and sport climbing is a style of climbing where you actually have bolts in the rock you're using uh, and then you use them just to, to catch you, I guess, as you climb up. So that's the ones with the different colours and you just climb that colour and all that sort of stuff? Oh, so that would be the indoor variety, yeah. um, but like this would be outdoor. Yeah, like on so, a, oh, so you just yeah, go with yeah, the bolts. Yeah. yeah, so someone would go there and these are the, the route, the... The first ascensionist is what they call like the first person to climb it and the bolter. So what they will do is they would go around an area and I had friends who do this down in like southeast Queensland. They'd go around, you know, uh, I don't know what the laws are. The laws are different everywhere and like depending on if you're in a state forest or a national park or whatever, but no one likes it. Mm. Um, but they would go around and they'd find a cliff and they'd abseil down the cliff and they would knock out or try to find any loose rock and try and push that apart because you don't want to be climbing on rocks that'll fall on you. Mm. Uh, and then they'll go and depending on what type of rock it is, they'll drill into it uh, and then either use like diner bolts, like expansion bolts in a hard rock, something like granite, whereas something a bit softer for like sandstone, for example, you use like chemical anchors. Yep. Um, and that's really important that you use the right amount, the right type of fastener in the right rock because there's a story of guys in uh, some European guys in the Blue Mountains, which is like this inland of Sydney. And in the Blue Mountains, it's all sandstone. So all the, all the anchors there are chemical anchors because sandstone's quite brittle. And if you, you know, force it apart with an expansion bottle, it'll just crack and blow out. Mm. 
Yeah, and there's a story of these European guys who went to who went to the Blue Mountains and bolted their own route using expansion bolts, and one of them fell, and apparently the whole thing just came out like a zipper, just like tuk, 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 all the bolts just ripped out of the wall. Because you attach to each bolt as you go, hey. Yeah, so you, you attach to your rope, and then as you go up, you have a you have a belayer or a belay. You say it in a British accent. It's very funny. Are you on belay? So you got your mate on belay, and then you roll up. You got your rope between the two, right? Uh, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, as you go up, they like extend your rope for you, and then you clip it through things as you get higher and higher. And so, sport climbing, like I just mentioned, is where you use bolts. And then there's another style of climbing called trad climbing or traditional climbing. And that's where you go up and rather than using bolts that have been set into the rock, you just use uh, little bits of aluminium in different shapes and jam them into cracks or anything that you can find. Or if you find like a, a bulbous kind of rock, you can tie a rope around it and clip onto that. Uh, or you can use uh, what's called a camelot, which is like a, it's just like a little spring-loaded thing that you can jam expansion. into cracks yeah exactly just like a little expansion device you can jam into cracks yeah but it's a whole world climbing hey it's pretty mm. it's there's a lot to it and it's so what's the, what's the solo free solo dude what's he alex honnold yeah so he's oh, he's just an insane climber all around hey just a so there's different categories of climbing as i said you got sport climbing and you've got trad climbing but they're they're both categories of what you'd call free climbing. Uh, and then you can do free climbing with a rope, which is called free climbing, or you can do free climbing without a rope, which is called free soloing. So soloing, there's different types. Like you can have free soloing, which is like what Alex Honnold does. And then you have deep water soloing, which is where you kind of do the same thing, but above a body of water. Yeah. Um, and oh, there's, there's so many, many more types of climbing, mm. but that's the general gist of it. Yeah, but Alex Honnold, just a crazy dude. Absolutely off his head. <laughs> the stuff he does, free soloing. Like there's there's a there's a guy who used to do the he called it bass soloing. And so, you know, you can see the terminology there going in. So soloing, you know, we didn't have a rope, bass. So we used to solo with a bass jumping kit off. With a bass jumping kit on. <laughs> and but he died. I forget his name. I should I should know that. But he died. So yeah, those like free soloers like Alex Honnold, they they die regularly. Like it's not very uncommon. So mm. and he's he's done some insane stuff soloing and you know. Yeah. Seems to be kicking along. And he doesn't like he's definitely Definitely not a normal dude, but he like he's not. You don't see he's like one of those crazy kind of yeah. off his head base jumping <laughs> kind of dudes. He's, he's pretty collected, you know. I can't like, believe how much rock climbing has blown up in the last like ten years. Eh? Like the amount of climbing gyms that are popping up in cities, and like now it's an Olympic sport. It's incredible mm. like how much has blown up. <laughs> I, I, was, I was saying to you before about out in um, the. There's one that goes over the pool, like a rock climbing wall that mm. goes over a pool and then you just climb it up and then fall into the water. Mm. And that's like, so that's like millions of dollars worth of infrastructure just to make that set up. Mm. <laughs> that's like a thing now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's by far the most pointless or one of the <laughs> most pointless activities ever. Like I was listening to a guy talk about it the other day. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I guess most, like, I guess you can categorize sports into like hunting, you know, like, like spearfishing, you know, you get, you get food out of it. Yeah. 
but then there's there's just you know like free diving. It's it's so pointless. You go real far down and you come back up. <laughs> Same with rock climbing. You go up and you come back down. Yeah, but those people that really got their shit together, the people that push that that curling and they chase after it with a broom. They really <laughs> got their shit together. But you see in their house, spotless, man. Spotless. <laughs> you walk in their house, slip straight over to best floor ever. That's the only training that you do in summer, I guess, for curling. Hey, just mop the house. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like. So how long have you been curling for? Oh, years since I was seven. <laughs> There's a style of climbing called bouldering, which is pretty super popular now because it's you don't need much equipment. Like there's you don't need to really delve into the technical side of ropes and equipment and you know the safety element per se in bouldering because you're just about you know five to six meters above the ground and you lay down mats and you land on them. So that's super popular. There's a little bouldering setup next to the skate park in this hey. It's like yeah. a meter high. <laughs> There's one in Cairns too. Yeah. Is there? Near the skate park. Yeah, there. they're real ghetto, but super yeah. ghetto. But yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's free. It's free. <laughs> Fall out and land on a needle. <laughs> That's your cushion. But it's a, it's a full artwork. Hey, like the guys who do the, the root setting. So a bouldering gym essentially is just like a blank timber wall with holes in it. Um, and you go as a root setter, you'd take all these kind of fiberglass or plastic shapes in different colors and, you know, arrange them on the wall to try and make someone do a certain, do certain moves. So there's like, I had mates in, in Brizzy and that's their career, you know, they've done that forever. (laughs) And it's, yeah, like the guys who do it in the world cup, um, and the, the Olympics and stuff, you know, like the people, people got to do that as a job, arrange the colorful things on the wall. But like for the Olympics, it's like a set course isn't it like for speed climbing for speed climbing yeah Yeah, but then there's lead and boulder it has to be unique because otherwise you could train for it you know so they have to that has to be brand new for everyone that does it but it's an interesting story for that speed climbing so speed climbing is kind of like a bit of a a um offshoot of climbing not not like the 2020 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 2020 cricket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the more digestible version. Makes more sense. Um, but apparently, like, because it didn't really used to exist, and then some somewhere, I think it might have been in France, they had a competition, and they they were like, oh, they got this guy to design a route that they could do like a, a fast climb on. And so we designed that route that you see now in the speed climbing, and they used it there, and then like another team was like oh we're gonna have us have a race as well so oh we'll use the same one that they use just so we can compare them and it was like you know it wasn't very a significant event or anything and then that's just snowballed and now just this random route has become the benchmark for speed climbing and they can't change it (laughs) like you can't change it because then all your records like everything everything is on so that that now is the standard forever yeah, and it was just this Anyone? random thing. one is yeah. Why wouldn't um, you do it like like a motorsport or something where you have like the fastest time on that track, and like for every other track you just have a different record? Because yeah, I guess you could do that. And even in saying that, like the um, like the skiing and stuff like that, they broke the world record going down to moguls and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a how different is that hill? Consistent? Different. 
Mm. Yeah, so I don't know if that's like got a records each from each thing or not. I don't know. Mm. But I know them people got no fucking knees. <laughs> yeah, how brutal, eh? I put one Fuck, up on me so Insta. This fellow went down and he went to a backflip, hit his head on the thing, and he looked Australian. I don't know the colours, <laughs> and he just went from the ramp to the bottom of the hill, face planted, yeah, knocked I out, saw that video. and skidded across the finish line. And he was just, boop, 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 he was just like, like yeah, completely just, limp. Yeah, the body was just flowing <laughs> at the bottom. I've done that before, <laughs> eh? Skiing. Yeah. I would have been, oh. How old were we when we went to America? Like 10 or something, eh? Yeah. Anyway, 10, 10, I was 11. going down the moguls on the skis and I was like, all right, I've got this. <laughs> side to side, to side, to side, to side. And like slowly the ski got like more and faster, more faster, center. Faster, faster, faster. <laughs> and then I was just doom, 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 down the whole thing. Lost one of my skis. <laughs> Ended up unconscious at the bottom of the hill. And my brother saw like my ski go shooting past him. And he was like, what the fuck? Some random ski just coming down the hill. And then I just slid past him unconscious in the snow. <laughs> Everyone's got a skiing accident story. Oh, man. Once I was in, where were we? In Andorra, which is like this country in between uh, Spain, Spain and, and France yeah. in the Pyrenees. Yeah, random place. I, I never even knew it existed. And then I went to visit a mate who was over there when I was over there. And he's like, yeah, come snowboarding here. I was like, all right, where's that? <laughs> but anyway, I went there with a friend and we were we were skiing, we were skiing down this hill and she was following me down. Uh, and I was kind of like, you know, going over here or going down this little track, whatever. And then she took over me and she was like, you know, going ahead doing those things. And I lost sight of her for a bit. <laughs> I came around the corner and I couldn't see her. I was like, shit, where is, where is she? And then I just saw this ski poking up from underneath the snow machine. <laughs> she just collected the snow machine. Oh, so funny. So funny. <laughs> I got one. We were in Nisikau in Japan and I was with me and a couple of mates. We all went up there, just local North Queenslanders, never seen snow before. <laughs> went up there and um, there was three of us. We were cruising down the hill there was, um, and... We're going down and we broke apart, but two of us stuck together and one didn't. But when we broke apart, we ended up pulling up right beside this little Japanese lady on a snowboard. So my mate come flying down the hill behind us and he thought that he that little lady was one of our one of the boys. Yeah. <laughs> so he just launched at her and did the big full tackle and just cleaned her up. And I'm like, fuck you, stalk. That's that's like that's not that's not Oscar. <laughs> and he's like, what? And the ladies on the ground going, oh, suck a toss. Let's fucking go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Just like best football tackle you've ever seen. Yeah, like, oh no. Well, I reckon she would have been yeah, not not ski enough for that. <laughs> Poor little lady. Oh. Folded her like a Folded camp chair. <laughs> Sorry if she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, Taz has got heaps of listeners in, uh, in Japan. In Japan, yeah. We're, we're very strong there. <laughs> it's the Japanese and the headless Chinamen that make up most of the listeners. I got karate chopped by my bloody... The first day I got there, I had an iPad, an iPod in my pocket listening to music and it turned sideways and I stacked it. So it karate chopped my rib and broke two ribs. So I, Your iPod? Yeah, you know when you had iPods. Yeah, yeah. You had it in your jacket or in whatever. my jacket here on my on your near your chest. So when I stacked it, it it ended up going sideways. So I landed. Which iPod? 
I think it was like the one of the first ones, like with the little wheel. Yeah, <laughs> that's the old school. The yeah. iPod shuffle. <laughs> yeah, so it fucking nailed me. So I had two weeks of broken ribs going down the hill. Like, oh, just be careful when in this corner. <laughs> Did you do any climbing in Europe, Ned? Yeah, yeah, I climbed in um, in France in this town called Fontainebleau. It's like just south of Paris. Is that near Cordon Bleu? <laughs> I don't know, I think, I think, is, I think blue is stone. Is it? No, in, isn't it just blue? No, blue. <laughs> Fontainebleau. I think, I'm pretty sure blue is stone, but I could be totally wrong. Uh, yeah, I climbed in there, there in France. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, they're like these crazy, I, I think they're limestone, not too sure. But they're these crazy rock forms in this forest in France. Like, it's like an enchanted forest. And you just go in there for the day. You take your your boulder pads and you just hang out in this forest, climbing on these crazy rocks, like things that look like elephants and stuff. Like it's wild. Um, so that was in France. That was unreal. I actually rolled my ankle there uh, climbing. I just had to go. Had to go to a French hospital. That was tough. Is that your most um, significant climbing? The, the triage. <laughs> yeah, I got. I had, to, I had to convince him that it was the from jogging. <laughs> my ankle was like, fuck the size of my head, purple. I'd fallen from like five meters just straight onto it, and um, he was like, oh, I was like, oh, I rolled my ankle jogging because my insurance didn't cover climbing. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, I rolled my ankle jogging. He's like, jogging. I was like, yeah, really fast, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty quick. He was, uh, he was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> oh, wee wee. I was like, I won't tell if you don't tell me. You can't be smoking durries in the hospital. Um, and uh, yeah, it was all good in the end in France. But then when uh, that have healed up, climbed in, uh, climbed in the Czech Republic, climbed in Spain, and. I didn't climb in Germany. I climbed in rock climbing gyms all around the... Like mm. every city I'd go to, I'd go to a climbing gym just to suss it out. Um, but climbing in Europe is huge. It's massive. Mm. It's it's um, it's like the epicenter. But it's massive all around the world. And that, that's probably one of the cool things about climbing as a sport is... It's a sport that you have to go to certain places to do. Like it's not like soccer or footy where you just play on a grass oval. Like to do it... It's kind of like surfing or probably mm. even spearfishing as well. Like you have to travel to the locations to do it. Mm-hmm. And it takes you to some weird places. Like some of the places we went to in Spain, like you would never go to mm. if you were, unless you were going to go rock climbing. So you end up in these tiny little like cliffside villages eating pig's intestines <laughs> and whatever, you know, crazy Spanish food. Like it's so cool like that. It takes you to these random places. That was um, like me and um, my mate played when we were in spain we just finished this like massive music festival it was the most hectic come down ever we went to like some random little village to to wait it out and we were supposed <laughs> to stay there like two days we ended up staying there like a week and a half because we were just so rooted <laughs> and that's a big come down <laughs> this guy this guy who we met at the like the hostel or whatever we were staying at he was like a rock climber and he was like oh you should come up to me well come up to this dam with me and like we went up and went is it free soloing over the water deep water solo deep water soloing yeah yeah and um it was so sick but man we were dusty <laughs> <laughs> But like we had to get, we had to catch this bus to like the edge of town, 
and then like hitchhike a little bit to like this other little town and then convince this guy in a truck to take us like to the top of the mountain to where this like lake was and True. he was just so like intent on getting there to go climbing like, yeah yeah he's like you have to go climbing here you have to you have to like i'll take you with me he was from uh poland i think yeah right yeah. but yeah, it's a pretty sweet. cool experience like like you said like it just takes you to the most random places and like experiences that you would never would have had yeah oh, well like, even closer to home like the blue mountains which is just inland from sydney I like I'd heard about them, but I'd never had any plan on going there until I until I started rock climbing. And it's man, it's one of the coolest places I've ever been. If you ever get a chance, definitely go to the Blue Mountains. Yeah. It's just these huge sandstone escarpments that just run forever, just insane cliffs. And you can hike there, you can canyon there. You know, like it's waterfalls, like it's a crazy spot. And you know, obviously that area is just very coastal vibes you know everyone goes there to go to the beaches and stuff and this is just inland and i would have never gone there if i never went rock climbing so mm. it's really cool yeah i was listening to rogan today and there's a dude that's done it's his things on actually um on uh netflix at the moment he's done the 14 peaks oh, oh yeah. yeah that crazy nepalese nims dude. nims Perja, his yeah. name is he's off his head hey like the story he's the stories he's telling is worth a listen. Like mm. bloody hell, he's he got because he was that poor. He's, his brother was a Gurkha, and the Gurkhas are like the best SAS, yeah, like, yeah, style people around. And so that he he sent him to boarding school to um to get like better himself. But he actually while he was at boarding school, he, all he wanted to do was be a Gurkha. So he used to get up at one in the morning. And go for a thirty k jog and get back just before light. So, and then so no one would knew no one knew he went jogging and trying a to get thirty kilometer jog. Just a thirty k jog. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have like the the little Gurkha knife that they have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that whole like his story. That's just one little story. He's got like thousands like that. Have you seen like those Gurkha blades? Yeah, and they, they have. They got a big bend. Yeah, and you're only allowed to. Un, or if you unsheath it, you you're only on allowed it. to put it back once it's got blood on it. There, it's the same as the samurais. They're the same too. Is it? Yeah, samurai. They're not allowed to have pull their sword out without putting put it back in. Or as long as it's got blood, even if it's their own blood, they got to put blood back on it before they can put it back in. That's a shit deal, eh? It's <laughs> <laughs> rough. <laughs> you just imagine carry around a little bag of blood. Just imagine <laughs> if that was just <laughs> I hacked it. Imagine <laughs> if that was just spear gun. Uh, <laughs> it can't come back in. It's kind of it's nearly half true. Like we go around with a bunch of mates and you don't catch a fish. Uh, yeah, but we just stick it into your to foot or something. If you, oh, I got something. <laughs> blood on it. Shot my foot. <laughs> that yeah, that that guy who did those the seven peaks in seven months or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, I think it was fourteen peaks. Was it fourteen, 14 peaks? peaks? Yeah, yeah, fourteen. Oh. I think because the the closest record before was eight like years. seven years, or eight, <laughs> eight years. Like it's 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 out of this world. Hey. It's insane. Webby, yeah. Webby would be closer. <laughs> Webby could do it in speedos. Because remember when he was going to climb the Matterhorn, he ran up Bartle Frey like thirty times in a month. <laughs> like that's every, pretty. That's, every a, day. that's yeah. impressive, man. That every is day. very impressive. And then he went like to the Himalayas and did like some small mountains there. And yeah, then, yeah. I don't know if they were the biggest in the world. Maybe it's not that impressive. Yeah, nah, like those, like the the ones they did in this movie, they're like, 
Yeah, the K2. Yeah. The big like ones. They, did, they just rocked up to K2, did K2, and then I think they just did another one straight after. Yeah. Like, there are people <laughs> who've been camping out at the bottom of K2 for like weeks, being like, oh, no, weather's not good. They, they rock up, get pissed as, punching durries, like you see a video of them, wake yeah. up in the morning, and they hit it. <laughs> and the guys that had been there, like, they'd been there for a week or something, like, waiting for the perfect, um, like, opportunity with the clouds and stuff. Mm. And they just get off their head then just punch it the next day send it come back and say yeah easy done we're out of here <laughs> like you say crazy uh, there's two camps in climbing yeah exactly 100 <laughs> percent. yeah there's there's well like climbing is like there's definitely this this the pure sport side of it which is really safe um and kind of just like can you challenge yourself physically and then there's the side of climbing, which is more like risk based, like how much risk can you take and how do you manage risk? Mm. Um, yeah, which is kind of more your free soloing, like kind of a bit more gnarly stuff. It's and like me when I go to the reef and I take my boat out that I haven't driven before and, and put the motor together myself. High risk situation. <laughs> <laughs> Will you make it back? Will I make it back? Free solo boating. It's so, it's so funny. I, like a heap of people are like, how's the boat going? That? And I'm like, yeah, I'm taking it this Friday, first trip. I'll, okay, let me know when you get back in. I might go next week. <laughs> and I almost to go first trip. Long way to swim home. <laughs> you got paddles? <laughs> no, you don't. Not, nah. You don't need them in bigger boats for some reason. Only smaller boats. So what, ah. what do you do when the... If you motor dies out there, um, wave, <laughs> wave to everyone drop past, <laughs> pull yeah, the epo. Nah. It's got like one of those, you know, those little pedal boats you can get, like the little, <laughs> yeah, the little the duck. <laughs> it's got little pedals <laughs> little down feet. the bottom. <laughs> you can just hop on the pedals. <laughs> <laughs> you could just sit out the back and just kick. <laughs> Push it back. Uh, like, it all went well, everybody. Fuck. So if you're wondering, it all went well. Once when we were kids, we I used to take mum's boat out to the reef. Um, Classic and, Mission Beach kid. Hey, and when we were six the, and seven, yeah. <laughs> and we like man, I had I had no idea fucking how to use a boat. And to be honest, mum had a good idea, but obviously not the most idea because we pull up to the boat ramp, and mum's like letting me take the boat out. Me and a bunch of mates going out diving, and I was like, oh, mum's that enough oil? In the boat, do two stroke. I was like, "That enough oil in there, mum?" She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be right. You'll be fine." <laughs> we heading out, <laughs> fucking the loudest motor in the world. Halfway out, then we just hear beep, beep, beep. Like, oh fuck, you're kidding. We're halfway there, and you know we're we're putting it like, oh, we we we're past halfway, and we're putting like you can only we could only go like. Five percent revs, like so slow, um, and we we're like, oh well, you can either go back to shore, or we can keep going and we'll get reception, and then we can make a call when we get out there. <laughs> and um, so we just gun it, we just keep going out there. We pull up next to this like uh, trouting boat. We hit them up for some oil. There's like a bunch of. Oh, we would have been. How old do you get when you get your boat license? 16, maybe? Yeah. So we'd, I would have been fresh 16 and like none of my mates were 16. <laughs> Rock up to his trout boat. Oi, can we get some oil? We're out of oil. <laughs> Just a bunch of little Mission Beach rats. And um, we get oil and then I pretty much just forgot about 
Um, oh, before I'd got oil, I'd rung mum and been like, ah, mum, we ran out of oil, we're stranded, we're going to die. <laughs> then we got oil off this trap boat, we were like, fuck, woohoo, all good to go. We were zipping around the reef, catching fish here and there. And then we seen this boat, like, heading towards us. We were like, oh, fuck, it's fisheries, fuck. <laughs> we are like, oh, fuck, no, we haven't done anything bad, we're all good, we're all good. <laughs> and fuck, gets closer, gets closer, gets closer, and it's mum. <laughs> She's hustled up someone from a uh, friend from Mission Beach to get his boat in and they've come out to rescue us and we're out there having the best time ever. <laughs> As you do. That was like, mum was pissed, but I was like, hey, you said that was enough oil, so <laughs> I asked you. <laughs> I had a mate the other day, he went to go spear and shore dive and he walked down the ramp and about a three and a half meter croc cruised past in front of him. He's like, oh, I might call the shore die off today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shore <fair>. die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, between crocs and sharks, like, fuck. It's getting pretty limited, eh? Oh, especially, but, like, I, I'm, there's no way I'm doing shore dives anymore. Mm. Not when the Great Barrier Reef's out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But think about the kids that, like, don't have a boat license, yeah, and they hey. just want to jump in off the rocks. And Careful. Just be nicer to someone who's got a boat. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Wash their boat for them. Do everything for them. It is pretty good going for a shore dive, but just jumping off the off the beach. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty. It's... Like I was surfing. I go whenever the whenever the cyclones come in, we go for a surf off Bingle Bay. Yeah. That's always a bit sus. Yeah. Whenever I put my foot down and like I hit something hard, I was. <laughs> Pick it back up, put it back down, and if it's gone, I'm out. <laughs> if it's still there, we're all good. Yeah, I've done I've done Bingle a few times surfing there. I do Eddie Bay whenever yeah. it comes up. Well, there's only like three options really. There's like yeah. Bingle Bay, Eddie Bay, and Ratchet up in yeah. Cairns, and that's. Or is Ratchet? Is that like up north? Yeah, it's yeah. near where the hang glide. Yeah, Rex's Lookout or whatever. Yeah, yeah right. I've that. never been there. Should suss it out. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the only place you can get like a good surfable wave in cans yeah much. i think um, bingle bay bingle bay surfers that's what's up bingle bay board riders club yeah you're part Shouts of that out. Ca- Shouts out to bingle bay board what riders. Are we? they're our rivals yeah <laughs> <laughs> we got three clubs here we, we got, got turf turf wars right here it's uh east palmerston board riders <laughs> and then we got the Cassidy coast board riders yeah and then you got the bingle, bingle bay, bay bums bingle bay board riders <laughs> Who's in that? You, <laughs> me. Oh, we got a we got, we got a few. There is actually a couple of boys that go surfing down there, eh? Man, it actually like I've seen five people out there surfing at once. once. Yeah, but that's like Eddie that's Bay. wild. Hey, Eddie Bay's like that when it's cracking. Five yeah. people in the swell. That's off its head, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Punch ups in the lineup. <laughs> you got punch ups out there. People fighting for waves. It's, you know, it's rough. It's so good. Three foot waves and they're three feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one, 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 yeah. one. It's the worst wind chop. But. Oh, it's just the bloody chalky milkshake. That's all it is. <laughs> and it's eh? like a 20 meter, 20 meter wave before it goes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. Well, any other myths about Bingle Bay? Myths down about there? Bingle Bay. Is there any down that way? The purple Chinaman, headless one? <laughs> none, that, none that come to mind, hey? What about from up at Lockhart? Oh, I wouldn't even know where to start up there, hey. I don't know enough. When we grew up out in Dimbula, like the Aboriginals up there had so many myths, man. Mm. Holy, like they wouldn't let you leave camp at night because Quinkin will get you and 
there was like another story of this like young girl who had these really long fingers and long fingernails and if you were out too late at night that she'd like kidnap you but like they had so many man it's crazy to live in like a, the, mm. where the aboriginal culture is pretty strong mm. probably one of the most believable stories i've had i had um follow named frenchie jonathan kunrossi on my podcast i think it was yarns of thousand taz might have been and he um he 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 walked from Innisfail to Darwin. Walked, walked, pushing a pram pretty much with his clothes in it. That's what he did. So he he got um and he, I think he was out not I think it might have been near like Normanton somewhere like that. He was he was walking along the road there and this um like orb come up out of the thing and was just walk walk you know those mm. the lights yeah yeah min min lights yeah min min lights it, it walked with him for like. A couple of K's. They have them at Yarrabah heaps, right? Yeah. Those Min Min lights. I've never seen one, but... Because the, the, the craziest part about all that is he didn't know anything about them. So it was like he wasn't out there looking for them. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were actually yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So he, he actually... And then he told people... He was camping. Uh, when he went to the caravan park, he told these people that were there. And they're like, that was a Min Min light. And they asked him where it was because they're like, we've been travelling for like ten years trying to find these things, and you found oh, one. Shit. <laughs> wow. What's a what's a min min light in line? I mean, it's like a like a uh, gas, like an electric, like a ball of light, basically. I don't know if I've seen I've seen something like that, but I thought it was a UFO. Mm. Me and my cousin were driving at night. It was after soccer training, and I was driving home, and it was like at um, oh, like the Basilisk Ranges, like in Bougain. Yeah. We were driving down the road and then this big light like came over the car. Like, it was probably like a meter wide. Came over the top of the car pretty fast. Like faster than a drone, but slower than like a plane. Yeah. Probably about... About 30, the speed of a Min Min. About 30 or 40 <laughs> meters above the... Um, 30 or 40 meters above the ground. Just yep. flew over the car and then stopped and then like took off really quickly in a completely different direction, like sort of out and then like out of, we couldn't see it anymore. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, please tell me you just fucking saw that too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bro, don't worry. I saw that as well. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> That's wild, eh? Well, I just put it down to like a UFO potentially. Yeah. But I mean, now that I think Isn't about it, it could have been... of the North Queensland UFO capital? Yeah, well, I've seen like two... Sort of things like that. And I've got mates that have seen heaps of stuff as well. Yeah, they have the... Um, there's a UFO yeah, festival. festival. <laughs> there's actually a heap of reports. And it made the papers and everything from like Tully in the 1950s or 60s. And it's like in the swamp, they found these massive, like almost like um, crop circles. Mm. But in this like swamp where it was just like grass and reeds and all the reeds and stuff had been laid down in like big circular formations. And they had no idea. It just had, like happened overnight. Yeah. They just woke up one morning and someone was walking past the swamp or whatever and seeing all this grass laid down, like massive areas. And they have no idea. Yeah, it's unexplainable. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> I was working with this fellow and I was already up to him this weekend. He's oh, welding up some aliens. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? Oh, he's like, oh, fuck a UFO festival with cardinal butter. <laughs> sure, so they want to probe me, oh, I'm probing them back. Sure of it. Charge up. Let's go UFO festival. 
Fuck, there'd be some trippers there. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually half keen. Yeah, I'd be keen to go. I've probably got there. some telescopes and shit. It'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been out to um, like Chiligo and seen the big, uh, what do they call them? Like astronomy things. Telescope? Like a massive telescope though. Yeah, like yeah. one of those dome houses where the roof oh, like splits in half. Yeah, still telescope. Like an observatory. Yeah, yeah an observatory. That's, one. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they've got one out at Chiligo. Oh, true. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's sick. No, I've never been. There's one in Brizzy. I think it's an old one. They've um, like redone it to, and you they project all over the all over the roof. Oh, planetarium. Yeah, planetarium. You go in there, and there's Steve from the planetarium and gives yeah. you a rundown on they all make, the planets. They make wheat bix. Oh no, it's sanitarium. <laughs> that's sanitarium. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's tampons. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do if you, when your missus meds on tampons fire? Tampons out of wheat bix. <laughs> you tampon it. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I'm a dad. Oh, you're a dad too. Congratulations. We haven't, haven't. Oh yeah. Years. He's so. How, how's the young one going? He's five weeks old today. Young Cosmo. Cosmo. Yeah, he's a pretty good little baby. He's pretty quiet. I see you did the um. Oh, what's that line? Lion King, yeah. <laughs> Wherever the, the sun touches the jaws, yeah. Up at the farm, <laughs> Held Held him him up. Up. I've been taking him up the farm a fair bit. Actually, he loves it. Get his hands in the dirt. Yeah. Oh, not really. But his mother would kill me probably. <laughs> Got him. But it's like it's dirty. crazy having a baby at this time and just thinking, oh, it's Ned's screensaver <laughs> on his phone. Have <laughs> <laughs> to have to submit to him. Use it. <laughs> That's so funny. Light touches. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's crazy to think like with the world the way it is at the moment. Like fuck, bringing a baby into the Mm. world. Like what a crazy. Like I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder he's going to grow up to to see. Yeah, because I I don't think our parents were in a worry worry ish stage that we're in now. Like it's no, it's a bit more real now. Hey, like they always had like the Cold War threat, Mm. I guess back then. But now it's a bit more like we're actually at war. Yeah, I think it's actually probably the same, but social media just makes everything so real and so quick and so whatever happens, you get it Yeah, now. that's probably fucking true, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, no one was ever filming war. Not really, somewhere. hey. And, like, fuck, it started. Ooh. The, the propaganda side of things is just going through the... Like, that's that's how people win wars now. Or that's how they've always won wars, Yeah, is with propaganda. <laughs> Building your troops, making them the king's line to them to say get morale up and yeah, all yeah. this sort of shit. Well, they Russia's banned uh, Instagram <laughs> because of like the propaganda from all the other countries. Yeah, there's. I've listened to a few things. I have you to look back in in a bit further with like Ukraine and Russia. They're both not. Nah, it's super citizens. It's super sketchy the whole thing. <laughs> I was talking to my mate and I was like, Oh, you're um your dad's Ukrainian, isn't he? And he's like, Yeah. I was like, You gonna go back and fight? And he's like, Yeah, I'll go back and fight for Russia. And he's <laughs> True. like Yeah, he was like, Yeah, my grandma was Russian and then after all the war and all of that, um, like everything changed and they became part of the Ukraine and they wanna split and all this and I was like, Oh fuck, true, I didn't really think about it like that. He's like, yeah, all my family, we're trying to fight to get out of the Ukraine. We want to go back to Russian. Yeah, well, I heard there's one as a city that they actually, all um, Putin's asking for is that pretty much there's a city or some territory there they want back to Russia. Yeah. And 
But the and big problem is that the like main oil and gas pipelines and stuff <laughs> from the Middle East go through there. Yeah. And if America let yeah. Russia get control of that territory, then mm. they have complete control over like fuel prices and stuff. Yeah. For us. Well, they are they do now anyway. <laughs> By the looks of it. <laughs> All I know is the Saudis are like, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's after a trillionaire? Yeah. <laughs> a quadrillionaire. <laughs> That's what they'll become. <laughs> But yeah, I don't want to get too political. But no, but it's yeah. um yeah, it's pretty crazy just to think. Like he'll probably be asking me like, "Oh, Dad, what was it like? You know, growing up when you didn't have to wear a mask and shit." Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's just completely changed now. It's a new, different world. Yeah, and, oh yeah, that's what I think about that with my kids all the time. Mm. But they they're still lucky. They still we live in one of the best countries. We're sort of isolated, but we're still. In the bed with some of the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Fuck, I just think, oh, what have we done? Why are we so tied to, like, America? America. <laughs> they got big guns, but <laughs> we don't have many. <laughs> <laughs> we took all that, gave all ours back. We're fucked. Yeah, true. <laughs> There'd be a few blokes in the valley thinking they've got bigger guns than Russia or America, Tennyson, their muscles. In the what, Valley of Fortitude Valley. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few bars, what, Papa's Gym or whatever in his face. Roadies. All right, so I reckon we'll fucking, we'll pull it up here. We've, um, we've, we're talking a lot of shit here. We have. <laughs> Holy, that was, what a wide-ranging discussion <laughs> of just crap. Yeah, but that's all right. That gives the people something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Especially free soloing. <laughs> but if anyone wants to check check you out, Ned, what do you, you got? Insta and stuff. Yeah, curly noodles. Curly noodles. I don't <laughs> think I've got any underscores or anything. Let me check. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? Oh, not curly underscore noodles oh. underscore. Underscore at the end, just for good yeah, measure. Little cheeky underscore. Because there were so many, so many people were using. There's that so many curly noodles <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and you will. Will Darvo. Will Darvo. Just look it up. Yep. Just look, <laughs> just it, look up. it up. <laughs> oh, the hairiest one. The hairiest Will Darvo. That's it. Uh, it's been good. We'll have to get this back anyway and we can talk some more smack. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> and we're going to get a surf and hopefully back reef sessions. Yeah. 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 That'd be we'll the back of the reef and smack some sharks in the mouth like bloody Mick Fanning and we'll... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what were they called? The um, Hit oceanic, the lip. <laughs> oceanic white tips. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Hey, that no. sounds six. Hit the lip. Whoppa. Whoppa. Are you gonna do some beatboxing, Ned? Oh, <laughs> let's go. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> All right. See everyone, and um, keep your legs together. Turu. <laughs> Yo, yeah, see, see, see another place of haters when I go to the mall. Your wiggers look at me like a ten for four. You wear your fries on your back and uh, who gives a fuck? Who, who really gives a fuck if you're worth 50 cents? Yeah, you try to steal from shops. You reckon you got no money? Use the 50 bucks that you got from your mummy. She dropped you off in a Mercedes Benz. She said, go on, son, have fun with your friends. But your friends are all dicks. Yeah, they're food food. That's sure for fucking bullshit, yeah, you know that it's true. This song that's used is all bloody boo boo boo. Betty boo 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 boo. Holy, what's this Betty boo 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 shit? Anyway, here we go. Thanks a lot, everybody, for uh, listening in. 
I'd like to thank all my new listeners for jumping on board, and I'd like to thank all the old ones for getting a hold of me and saying, hey, let's keep doing this shit. I know today's one was a bit all over the shop, but that's what yarns are, and that's how I love it. So, I'd really like to say sorry for all the fuckings. I really want to stop the fuckings, but the fuckings are within me. So, I'm going to try, okay? That's all I've got to say about that. But if you want to check out another cool little offshoot of what I do, check out Back Reef Sessions. Here's the song. Take it away. Boom. Back Reef Sessions. Back Reef Sessions. Back Reef Sessions. Back Reef Sessions. Here we go, we're going out deep now With the flow in the boat at sea now Plus rising, we'll be flying And I'll be smiling, it's the Great Barrier Reef now Make sure you press subscribe So you can join our tribe Then you know you can go with the flow And back reef sex every day or the week now Back reef sessions Grab this place is a blessing Back reef sessions Look at your rod, we're gonna go fishing Back reef sessions Grab your crew, we're gonna go spearprint Back reef sessions Pick up your swag, we're gonna go camping Back reef sessions